1: Yeah, we're rolling. This yeah, is zoom, live. Zoom, zoom got just got serious. Uh-huh. <laughs> Real serious. Two Jackson mm-hmm. Slub premiere episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so cool. You guys seem thrilled too. This is this is very typical for people who are listening in on the first
2: time. <laughs> What's the um there's like a weird buzzing sound in my headphones. Do you guys hear that? That's all you. <laughs> you don't hear that? <laughs> no, my headphones aren't working, so Hold on, I'm going to unplug and plug back in. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm listening in headphones, and I don't hear anything, so hopefully the
2: listeners mm-hmm. aren't hearing anything right now. They won't hear this. No, it must just be my headphones. Yeah. It's yeah. your
3: super fine-tuned musician's ears.
2: Well, yeah, sure, of course. I mean, I do I do hear things that the average human doesn't hear. <laughs> That's you know all the ego
3: padding I'll do for tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't need... You no, know, actually, in all honesty, I probably hear less in certain ways, because like after all of the years of like professional brass playing and also i just like listen to music really loudly that shit does damage to your ears so like i'm definitely a little bit deafer probably than the average 31 year old but anyways what are we drinking you got you got whiskey there i got some bourbon because i don't have any beer on me
0: what i've mean, got that's a, shame.
2: that's a travesty i've got an ipa from king canary brewery uh it's
1: just outside of charlotte here it's uh Citra Hyperfocus double IPA
2: 8.2 is the uh the alcohol content. What a, what a beautiful description and, and beautifully read! Good job, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 figured, uh, I gotta have some sort of recurring gag or you know running shtick.
3: So, uh, you know what? Let's you know see if we can pull from the beer cellar. So, this this week it's uh it's toasted coconut vanilla demogorgon. To stout from Streetside Brewing in Cincinnati, Ohio, bourbon wow. barrel aged, 15% alcohol by volume. Pour the nice, Christ. heavy black, sweet coconut taste on the front, bourbon barrel on the back.
2: Ooh, it's gonna too be sweet,
3: my guys. Well, let's cheers to you, you boys. No?
2: What is it too sweet? That's a little sweet. That's yeah, little for sweet, me, it, it would probably bad. be too sweet. It'll get you fucking wasted, though. Is what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> and for those who
1: don't know. Matt literally has a cellar full of beer. I've been there. it is, I'm so envious of it. I just want to live there. I know Matt would As let me believe, live there. I
3: believe Colin's response when he saw it was he told his wife he was moving in
1: for a week. So, <laughs> um, the
3: offer stands.
1: Uh, man, it would be so much fun. And he has the beer cellar. And then up in his living room. He has a full liquor cabinet as well, just like everything you can think of, all right there. You never have to leave. Honestly, even more full. Makes- thanks,
3: compliments to Colin. Thank you very much. I haven't <laughs> opened that Jim Beam yet, but it's 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 tempting me right
2: now. See, this makes me a little worried, though. I mean, should we should we be bringing Matt to a certain meeting, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you know, beer
1: enthusiasts. Enthusiast Anonymous, maybe? <laughs> yeah, very, very sure, that's the one. Yeah. Was that yeah. club created by you, Matt?
3: Uh, you know, we've got to meet meet with each other and and share our brews. You know, it's it's uh, you know you, you got to have regular meetings. You got to make sure that you're 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 sharing the love and trying all the new beers, right? That's, that's essentially normal. like your Facebook group. You got to drink
1: them all, <laughs> no. Matt. Yeah, like tell us tell us a little bit how you've gotten to be the king of beers like how, you, you have this huge setup this great setup i got to see it out in california even like you have everything when you fly when you drive like you know how to get stuff like tell us a little bit about that
3: well i, I feel like first of all the it's if i, uh, I don't know how to explain it other than uh if you watch the game or if you watch south park there's uh, an episode with a they play guitar hero and uh one of the one of the games that randy marsh plays is Heroin hero and he always tries to catch the dragon you never catch the dragon you can never catch them all but um that terrible metaphor aside um i don't know it just started happening in college where um uh, a couple friends and i would would dabble in the fancier beers we got we got a little tired of the uh of the you know the canned yellow beer that you get in college you know just change the label it all takes the same so you moved up to Stella
2: Artois and Heineken Key Light upgrading
3: no I think I don't know what what kind of fancy colleges you guys went to but we drank stuff like Beer 30 and Pong brand beer and yeah that's true look it up there's
2: a Pong brand beer never never even heard of those um you know Jenny Light oh uh Jenny Light of course Genesee Rochester yeah and uh
3: we we decided to dabble in, in some of the uh the finer beers out there. And and one thing led to another. And before that, uh, we were, we were drinking fancy mixed drinks and making, you know, high-class bourbon cocktails and trying all the the new fancy beers that we could find it. You know, I've got, I've got friends who enabled me. I've got, uh, uh, a couple of really, really good local beer stores in Cleveland that really helped out. And before I knew it, um, uh, enthusiasm turned into a never ending hunt that, uh, to, to fill a void that i never will fill but it will always try with with lovely beverages so um we'll talk about it more as uh, as the podcast goes on um i don't want to make this a completely beer themed podcast but you know, we, can, we can we can fill up some time if we have to
1: yeah i mean i think it's important there's a lot of people on here who already know us or a lot of people listening who already know us but there's a lot of people who don't know us so like these first few episodes there's going to be some introductory some things we need to explain so people understand what we're talking about we're not we're literally not just rambling even though this this is a show where the content doesn't matter and the segments are made up but <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, we'll, well we'll go into the history some other time but yeah at, at one point in colin you know this you still give me a hard time every time i see you but at one point i thought this was going to be my profession i did ah. i did school projects based on breweries i volunteered at cleveland area breweries i uh, unsuccessfully tried to homebrew quite a bit. I think I, I brewed more bad batches and I brewed drinkable batches, but um it it was uh a, a pretty a pretty uh uh busy hobby of mine for quite a while. Is it it's not gonna, an
2: ambition anymore?
3: Uh I mean it's I don't, I, I can't see myself actually opening a brewer
2: anytime soon, but um Well yeah, it doesn't have to be soon. I mean it could be in, you know, five years, ten years. But Matt knows from when you guys were here on Memorial Day, my
1: neighbor Dalvin, him and I, man. we're we're gonna support that. And and Dalvin's gonna be listening to this episode, and he's gonna point out right away that you said at one point. He's gonna be like, "No, this is gonna happen." That's how Dalvin is. He's gonna he's gonna be like, "Yo, tell your friend Matt, this is gonna happen."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dalvin was great.
3: Uh, I gotta get him
1: get him some beers too. I, he yeah. he was way too generous that day. That was fantastic.
2: Yeah, he was the fucking man, dude.
1: Yeah, always generous. Well, we're having the first birthday party for Stella later this month, and they're obviously coming over since they live right next door, so we'll make a trip down, just saying. That's It's it's already that time. That's right.
2: Yeah. What is it? The 27th? 24th. 29th. 29th. (laughs) We were both close. (laughs) I was closer, though. Uh Uh-huh. I actually remembered something slightly better than Matt. That's a fucking
1: miracle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> needless to say neither one of these guys are the godfather of my daughter but that's okay
2: <laughs> well i would have said no because godfather is fucking drenched in religious undertones so fuck that Ooh. <laughs> i just
3: figured that you know the guy who's got a, a a beer cellar the size of a small state in his basement um probably isn't necessarily godfather <laughs> material quite yet
1: <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, I love you both you could you could be really great godfathers for Stella you can you can fight it out with Dan he's he's the
2: actual godfather so Uh, that makes sense that's interesting that you chose Danny though I mean I don't know I'm surprised (laughs) over you is that what you're surprised Uh, I mean I don't know if you have anybody in your life really who's worthy of being a godfather all of the important dudes in your life like your best friends and your brothers are pretty much a bunch of morons um so I don't know that really anybody's qualified (laughs)
1: i didn't know you like had to be qualified to be like a certain smartness to be a godfather a certain smartness yeah i, I don't know you, you caught me off guard i don't know what i know I'm i know i got say. it
2: i'm gonna i have this the buzzing is happening in my headphones still and i'm gonna try to ignore it but occasionally i might just like get really angry and uh <laughs> maybe maybe this will be a recurring bit in the, uh, in the show is, uh, are Ethan's headphones buzzing right now? And how angry on a scale of one to 10 is he right now? I'm a seven and a half. I haven't Ooh. seen any finger point yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once we get into certain topics, I'm sure it will happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, let's dive into, we, we have a little bit of structure to this. Like we at least talk about some of the common things that, that we want to talk about. And most of it's going to be sports beer, politics when Ethan wants to go on his rants about religion, you know, and, and who knows what else, Billionaires. but you know, what I, I wanted to talk about today is pretty baseball centric. And um, <laughs> as both of you know, this has been a pretty incredible season for two players in baseball, Jacob DeGrom, starting pitcher for the New York Mets and Shohei Otani, starting pitcher slash, DH slash everything for the Los Angeles angels. And I want to start by talking to about DeGrom because I was looking up. So earlier in the season when sticky stuff was still a thing, Garrett Cole was also having an incredible start to the season. And we had a conversation, the three of us about really historic seasons in baseball history when talk about pitching. And I think we all came to the agreement that Pedro's,
2: but 99 or 2000 season is is probably the best of all time. 99 and 2000. I think we all agree that those two seasons, if you stretch it to four, there's more debate, but those two seasons, the best two season run by a pitcher in history, because if you take into account the AL East, the steroid era and how much better he was than like the rest of the entire major leagues, it's, it's truly mind blowing.
1: Right. And then we decided that we wanted to kind of stretch it out to what, like a four or five year run and kind of see who fit into that because i brought up randy Before. johnson yeah and so immediately we were like all right same time period pretty much let's start looking at the, the numbers and everything and um so when we looked at it randy's stretch was actually a little bit better than pedro's so i was for four was writing, years yeah, yeah the four seasons
2: yeah and and so i did just to clarify for people i was this was all going by baseball reference war if we were to do fan graphs it, it could it could change slightly but sure Sure. Yeah. Uh, Very nerdy
1: baseball stuff that most people won't care about, but (laughs) uh, (laughs) so the reason I wanted to bring up DeGrom though, is um, because I am curious about both this season. So could this be one of the best pitching seasons of all time, but I'm also curious, I wonder if we're like undervaluing and it's, it's it's crazy to think about that because DeGrom plays in New York, but are we not talking enough about how great of a pitcher DeGrom has been? Like, year over year. Like when I feel like he's been at least as good as Kirsch was in his prime, but I feel like we don't talk about him nearly as much. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I, Kirsch, I feel like had a, a little bit. Well, now that you
3: look at his stats, Kirsch seemed seemingly dominated for a, a longer stretch of consistent time. But I mean, if he, I just pulled up DeGrom stats and he, I mean, he still he, he's been in in the Cy Young talk for, you know, six of the last seven seasons. Like he, you know, in, including two, two wins plus a rookie of the year. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he can really, really say that. So
1: I, maybe, maybe I have to backtrack a little bit there. Does the Grom have a Cy Young? Two. Oh, two. Okay. Oh, right. oh, that's what he said. Two Cy Young. I'm going
2: to, I'm going to jump in. Cause I also have, so I pulled a baseball reference too. And so let's just really quickly. So it's interesting Colin, when you first said that, my, my gut was going to say that, yes, we aren't talking about him enough. But if you look at his baseball reference war, he had two years, uh, um, 18 and 19, 2018 and 2019, where he was amazing. His war was 9.9 and 8. Other than those two years, though, his career high is only 5.2. And I bet if we go over to Kershaw, I bet you we see more sustained dominance in terms of at least in terms of war let's let's see i'm gonna look real quick
1: and while you're looking at that i mean Degrom yeah. is in his
2: 30s yeah he's already right. 33 which which makes this season even extra interesting that he's 33 this season but right. yeah like kershaw to give you an example had a five-year stretch from 2011 to 2015 where his war was 6.8 6.4 8.1 7.7 7.3 so okay. de doesn't have anything approaching that yet he had okay. those two years where he was um, just as good and in the one year even better when he was at 9.9. And this year what he's doing is, like, fucking unheard of. Um, I was just looking at those numbers. It's um, – because I hadn't checked in a while. I'm glad that you mm-hmm. thought of DeGrom for this because I hadn't looked in a while. The CRA and is 1.08, 1, right? 1.08 at the All-Star break in 2021. And I know that hitting is down and everything like that, but still that's that's beyond the pale. Like 1.08, I mean, that's that's unbelievable. And also um, – oh, so Look at
3: the right side of his stats. Look at everything that he's leading in right now. Yeah. Every <laughs> Sabre metric, yeah. you know, every he, every key indicator for pitching dominance he's leading in. So yeah. ERA+, plus, fielding independent pitching, his walks or hits for nine innings pitched. Everything. Uh, his hits per yeah. nine innings. It's unbelievable. He's got a
2: strikeout to walk, walk ratio uh, that's just through the roof. 13.27, which is, again, unheard like, of. Like, I
3: mean, he's, yeah. he, he is leading the league. And, and, and just for reference, if you look at – his past sign seasons, like he'll lead two or three categories those years, not one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You know, so yeah. um, you know maybe it is a combination of the sticky stuff and everyone else taking a little bit of a reg- regression. But um, he he is across the board um, leading the pack this year.
2: One hundred. Also, Sorry. wasn't
3: he one of the, one, the first ones checked for sticky sticky stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that's right.
2: It was it was pretty funny. He he was good. He he was good natured about it. I think. Right? Yeah. Uh, clip of that.
1: Now, is is he racking up innings? I'm I'm relying on you guys to pull up stats and stuff because I'm doing the recording he, on. He's at on 92.
2: Screen, yeah. yeah, he's at 92 right now. And just actually, since we were talking about the Kershaw comp too, he has three seasons where he's thrown over 200 innings. I'd have to check and see Kershaw, but like the thing that's weird with Grom, is his first season he was already 26 so he's he's a real late bloomer and his first season he only threw 140 innings um then he threw 191 then 148 another shortened year and then the next three were the 200 so if you think about it in terms of what we consider to be like a full season for pitchers it's not necessarily 200 innings anymore when we were kids it was definitely 200 innings now you would probably say maybe 180 190 would maybe be the bottom level of that he only has four seasons of one hundred and ninety or more innings pitched, so that's kind of interesting. The fact that he's thirty-three, but there's only four years where he's thrown that many innings. And if you take those four
1: years, take his four best years, is he anything close to? I mean, he's not close to Kersh, so I guess he can't be that. I mean, Kersh was, I
2: think, thirty-three or something. We had, we had seen. Oh, when we did the four-year stretch, yeah. yeah, when we were doing the math on that. So like, so yeah, let me do that really quickly. So um yeah no he's he won't he won't be even remotely close um which is which is interesting um because he has the years that he's been dominant he's been so unbelievably dominant that you would that you would think of it but he just hasn't had that consistency um which is interesting
1: so then how's he doing it he's 33 years old i mean city park is a somewhat pitcher's park although they've moved the fence in a little bit in left field (laughs) As, as we saw when we were Left and
3: right center, we, we, you could see all the different, you know, it was pretty clear when we were standing there, all the different modifications they'd
2: made there. Yeah. But oh, that's yeah, right, we went. His best four-year stretch, just to say real quick before we before we get more into that, best four-year stretch was 25.5, which is very good. But like yeah. all the guys that we were talking about, like the top-notch people that we ended up finding for the top four-year stretches, they all had like 30 and more. There were several people. And that was really that was really the next level, but in terms of how he's doing it, that's what's I would have guessed the sticky stuff. And so, right, it does, but it doesn't look like there's been a big drop off in his last couple of starts. So I don't think we can necessarily say that it was the sticky stuff.
3: So now, now his his ERA has doubled, but still, I mean, oh really? He, oh, he, he okay. was he was he was down as low as point five. Um, so, but but I think that's still. Um, you know that that's still in the realm of unbelievably good to really, really freaking good.
2: Yeah, I mean that's like video game bullshit. All of it is. I mean, one point oh eight, point five. I mean that's,
3: that's well, well. And the other, the last stat I want to bring up, speaking of video game bullshit, he is batting three sixty four. <laughs> um, so he has got a batting average better than most of the New York Yankees. So that's. Hilarious. Um, and that's not just a small sample. That I mean, that's over. That's over thirty three games, fifteen games, thirty three plate appearances. So not um, bad. You know, he, he's uh it's mostly singles, but he's still knocked in six runs with a double. So, you know uh,
1: he's doing it with the bat too. That's pretty good. So then what what needs to happen in the second half of the season for him to have what's considered the best pitching season of all time? Like how does he have how does he get remembered having a better season than Gibson or Pedro? or maybe one of those Randy Johnson years, what does he have to do? Cause like right now, I don't, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just baseball and like where it is in the national landscape of things, but that aura doesn't feel like it's there right now.
3: Well, Gibson gets Colin or Ethan. He probably looks better than me. Gibson gets thrown around because of his ERA, correct? I
2: think we take I think we take him out of the equation because 1968 was such an outlier of a year. His ERA was 1.12 but we know that 68 was an insane year for pitching. Denny McLean was like amazingly good. And it won like 30 games. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but it wasn't just the wins. He, he was amazing in other ways too. And like, he's not one of the greatest of all time. Like 1968 shit was weird with like how big, how high the mound was and all that. So for me, I take Pedro and Randy over Gibson easily, personally. Anyways, Matt continue. Sorry.
3: No, I agree. But, but I think for the average baseball fan, that Gibson season sticks out just because of the ERA. They say, "Oh man, Bob Gibson dominated that year. He had a 1.12 ERA." Like, sure. It, no one else. I mean, uh, hardly anyone else other than you nerds um, that I talk to will actually go any further into that season. They just point Gibson 68 ERA. Yeah. So, I think Degrom really to be remembered to you know, calendar question to be in that category has to beat the ERA number. I think he has to be a sub one ERA to finish the season for people to say that's, that's one of the most dominant seasons ever, regardless that that's just public perception. I think Ethan's right. You know, you got to look at everything else and compare with Randy and Pedro to actually get a a holistic view. But in terms of the aura surrounding the sport, I think he's got to have one sideways record setting stat line.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, sorry, Ethan, but I, no, no, Kyle that's Bell, what yeah. I'm, I'm most interested in. I guess even excited. Like if he continues to keep the ERA that low, like I know ERA isn't everything, but there's, I don't know, there's something cool about that. And, and it says a lot, it, it doesn't say everything, but it says an
2: awful lot about how good you are as a pitcher. <laughs> well, for me, what's most important about what all of that, all that, that Matt just said is that in terms of public perception, Because I do think that, yeah, your general average baseball fan, they still rely on those big obvious stats that we grew up with, right? Mm -hmm. So for hitters, that's batting average homers and RBIs. And for pitchers, that's wins, losses, and ERA. There are still a lot of people who rely on those numbers and don't think about like the sabermetrics the way that we do. and, And many fans do nowadays, but there are still plenty who don't. And so I think for DeGrom, a lot of people are going to be looking just at that ERA number. Whereas for me, I'm looking at ERA plus because ERA plus is telling you based on what the rest of the league did, you know, how do you compare to the rest of the league? So that's much more accurate in terms of the the context of that season. Right. And so what's interesting about that, because I just looked up a couple things, so I'll just throw this out there. Gibson's ERA plus in 1968 was like 258, which is amazing. Pedro's in 1999 and 2000 were 243 and 291, uh, respectively. So actually really close, except for, well, 290, 291 is a good bit ahead. And then, so here's here's what's ridiculous. And I don't think there's any chance this lasts, personally. I'm going to go ahead and be skeptical here. DeGrom's right now, his ERA plus is 363. <laughs> I don't think there's any chance in hell that that lasts. Um, if it did, that would be awesome. But I don't think that that lasts... Um, but I do think that Matt is right. I think if that ERA number stays crazy low, I think people will be like, oh my God, this is one of the best seasons ever. But also, he, right now he has 146 strikeouts and 11 walks, which is fucking mind boggling. So if the strikeout to walk ratio also stays like that good, like right now it's like 13, uh, like 13.27 or something. If it stays...
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. you need indeed
2: close to that then that's another i think marker that's easy for people to kind of lock into like oh my god he struck out that many people and he only walked that many people yeah that kind of a thing
3: now before we get too far in um i guess for for our listeners we're going to talk a lot about sabermetrics (laughs) yeah but but to, to your guys point that's not necessarily the the toolbox of a lot of in the toolbox a lot of traditional or or casual baseball fans. So my question to you guys, uh, John Senilia and and Jim Ertz, are they sabermetrics guys? Um, oh, that's a great question. Um, because my dad, my dad loves listen, Billy Martin, is, Martin this still. Listen, yeah. this is this is <laughs> Colin and Ethan's dads. I'll tell you, John Root, my dad, um, he's getting there. I mean, just just the last time I was home, we started really talking about uh, OPS a lot as a you know looking at on base percentage plus slugging is kind of a a better metric to determine someone's offensive prowess so way better. um getting there for someone who's a traditional baseball fan
2: um but I'm curious about your guys dads Kyle go ahead you said no way your dad's a Billy Martin fan no way yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. no way so the- he he gets mad he gets mad every time judge and glaver and all them take take a day off and and I, and I'm like sorry dad I know you're listening to this but it it it's not 1970 anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and my dad, um it's interesting with my dad, I don't think he actually cares about stats in general all that much. Um even even the traditional stats. I don't I don't think he ever cared all that much. Like when we talk about baseball, he doesn't he doesn't really ever reference numbers. I will occasionally, but for him it's more just about like what game or games he watched recently and like oh, this guy was looking really good or this guy looked like shit and that, you know, that's it. Just like based on him watching the, the most recent games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's pretty traditional, I would say. Yeah, I think my dad's a lot like that too. And he always likes to
1: pull my Yankees would have never done like he I'm surprised I didn't <laughs> get the text right. on on Sunday night my Yankees wouldn't have blown a a five-run lead in in Houston blah 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 and, and I'm surprised you but, didn't get that yeah he loves yeah. sending those texts oh yeah yeah his favorite he did do it the the, the one-time champion at the meltdown recently and uh, and I set you guys
2: I was like oh here's the Billy Martin thing again <laughs> yeah I mean this one was worse fucking up by five runs in the ninth and then and green who's amazing just fucking imploded like what You know, I I will say I don't want to talk too much about it because it's super
1: depressing. But I think I'm in the minority right now because I, I briefly saw I told Matt I've been on a Twitter break for the last three days since that implosion happened. And I've seen like right before I went on the break, I saw a lot of people saying like, we can't wait to play Houston in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. I want nothing to do with the Astros in the playoffs. That place is a fucking house of horrors. Like, get me out of Houston, any way we can avoid them. If we can make the playoffs and somehow get to the world series and we don't have to play Houston. I am all for that. Hey, It's a great place to see a game. I will say
3: that, but, uh, okay. but when I, when I was down there and, and I think it was 2015, I don't think it was trash can era quite yet, but, yeah. um, yeah, I, I would prefer just to avoid that, that whole barrel of monkeys and just, just, just be, you know, I, yeah, I,
1: following another path to the World Series would be would be phenomenal. I I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, they're um, like in between our dominance of the Twins in the playoffs, and then like the slight dominance the Angels used to have over us in the playoffs. Oh, don't bring too. up those days. Oh. <laughs> okay, but it, okay. It's like
2: I think it's in between that. <laughs> two, I got two things. Number one, I disagree with you guys. I want the Astros and I want to fucking pummel them. Um, that's the first thing because no. we need to make a statement I want no. to beat the shit out of them make a statement Second, by winning the World Series make a statement by pummeling the fucking Astros because they're a bunch of D-bags okay uh, number two this is a bit of a non sequitur I'm gonna go Um, we can come back to this but I just randomly was thinking and I'm wondering I don't know that you guys would know this off the top of your head so the Yankees are in fourth place in the division and they're th- 46 and 43 three games above 500 what I'm wondering is when was the last time during our lifetimes we were all born in 1989 when was the last time in our lifetimes that either of those things happened at the all-star break that at the all-star break the Yankees were either three games above 500 only three games above 500 or in fourth place and or in fourth place in the division either one of those things when was the last time that either of those happened pre-1993 gotta be right even even be. in 2000 2000 was kind of a mediocre year i think we only yeah, won like 89 but they, games
1: but, but they lost like
2: 15 out of 18 in what about september
3: when, what about what about the, the the lean years the uh 2012 to 2015
2: years maybe uh, maybe i wonder hold on doug mankiewicz at first base that. years you know <laughs> doug mankiewicz and um uh, reed briniek reed briniek <laughs> yeah, because that was when, so the, these years, these were the best. This is when Colin and I were living together. We lived together for two years, right? From 20, like 2013 to 2015. Yeah. And those Vernon, were the Vernon prime years. fucking years uh, of the Yankees roster where it was just unbelievable. Every night we'd be like watching the game. And we'd be like, where did this guy come from? What the fuck is happening right now? It was amazing. Yeah. Much worse than it is
1: today, even though Yankee fans oh of Twitter oh. who were born three days ago will tell you that this is terrible.
2: <laughs> right, right. Oh my God. I'm going to try and. See if I can. We're, let's keep talking about other stuff, but I'm curious about this All Star Break thing. I'm gonna see if there's a way. If there's a way I'll, to find that. I'll,
3: I'll let you go down that rabbit hole because now I'm gonna. I'm gonna give Razzle you and Colin about not at least watching some. I mean,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. That,
3: the the, the All Star oh, game. You want to
2: the All Star game. You know. I was teaching. I ha- I have a job. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. We all have jobs. <laughs> Yeah, but I teach in the evening. I, I teach music lessons. That shit happens later in the day, usually. It's not a normal nine to five.
3: Ethan, music never sleeps, Ethan. M- that's true. Music does <laughs> never sleep.
2: I actually do kind of, Um, I am kind of sad that I missed it. I, I might see if there are any clips or anything available because it would have been fun. I mean, there are, one thing I'll say for baseball, and we, we haven't talked about this maybe quite as much, us three, but like Joe Paz and Mike Schur talk about this all the time. It, so baseball has a ton of trouble sort of marketing itself, right? And among like the really big sports in this country, say really you would probably just say baseball, basketball, football at this point, baseball's not on the same level in terms of popularity as basketball yeah. and football. And there are lots of reasons for that. Um, I think part of it has to do with like marketing and things like that, and just a lot of it has to do with the nature of the game. but, one of the things that's really cool right now is even if the marketing isn't that good or whatever and even if people don't realize it baseball right now is like as exciting as it's ever been in our in our lifetimes in terms of the the um, the, the level of, of play the talent that we have and obviously we're going to talk about Shohei Otani at some point and then obviously we are just talking about DeGrom and then you look at like the all-star game and you look at like Vladdy Guerrero Jr. and Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean we have so many like really really exciting young play- like it's baseball is in a great spot in terms of that and of course we aren't even talking about Mike Trout because he's hurt but I mean he's literally the present day Willie Mays and could do- could go down as the greatest player of all time um, and that's like not an exaggeration um, so it's like baseball is in kind of a cool spot.
3: Well, and, and to that point, Ethan, I mean, during the All Star game, they did they do a lot of stuff that I really, I really wish they would implement more of. I mean, yeah, you know, you've got your your traditionalists who hate any sort of change to the game, but then you've got, you know, your the let them play era. Um, So, I mean, they had lots of guys last night mic'd up who were, you know, it was, it was crazy to talk to Fernando Tatis Jr. As he's standing in the box and they're going, Hey, what do you expect coming down? And what are you looking for? First pitch fastball. Oh, there's a fastball. Like, you know, to, to hear him joke around with players in the field to hear, Freddie Freeman was a lot of fun. Future Yankee, by the way, future Yankee, Freddie Freeman. <laughs> um, to hear him joke, uh, when, when they walked Aaron judge and him go, ah, oh, crap, I'm going to look tiny next to him. Yeah. I'm six, five, but he's going to make me look tiny. That was <laughs> funny. I saw you that. Know, you know, they're joking at first base. And then, um, of course he, uh, Joe Buck tells Freddie Freeman to, to let Aaron judge know he's mic'd up. And Aaron judge shuts up and stops talking. So, uh, you know, yeah. it, it, it was fun or even, even to see, um, and the infielders joke around with the umpires. Um, you know, you get to see it, uh, the different side of the umpires, the relationship they have with the umpires instead of the uh, endless, you know, confrontational relationship you see at home plate, you get to see them instead in the field joking around and having fun and calling calling the umps by their first names and, and, and having a good time. Or, um, You know, I think they told, I think they told Tatis to yell at Guerrero um, as he was rounding the bases from his home run. That, you know, that just brings a lot more joy to the game. Um I don't think that would be implemented year round. Um but if we could do something like that, I mean heck, they'll 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 mic up, you know, offensive linemen in the NFL. Um, why can't they do something similar more often um during
2: games in the regular season
3: in yeah. the major leagues? Um I enjoyed that.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. And then and and just a quick interjection and then we go back to that. The um so the the little thingy that I mentioned earlier about like at the All-Star break, the Yankees, their record and their place in the division. Matt, you were right. I, I apparently was just blocking out those horrible years in my mind. 2016, we don't even have to go that far back. 2016, wow. they were 44 and 44 at the All-Star break. Straight 500 and they were in fourth place. So we don't actually have to go that far back. Hashtag I think- Valedict. Hashtag verified. <laughs> Anytime so, I correct you guys, or sound smart. We'll say that first time. Yeah, first of many. <laughs> I think it's happened very few times since 1994, but but um and it and it doesn't seem like it. And because I think we are we are spoiled and we block those years yeah. out. But you're you're yeah. right, Matt. And if I and if I go, I am gonna check because I'm curious. I'm gonna go and look at a couple of those other years. But um, yeah, happened in 2016. We're, so there you we're go. We spoiled this crap, which is you know.
3: Live, living um, 10 years in a, in a championship starved city like Cleveland really puts things in perspective where every year they're like, Oh man, it's the draft. We're going to see who we get. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. Like I, we've Poor never Cleveland. missed the playoffs, you know, or we've only missed the playoffs in six years since I've been born or something like that, you know, just yeah.
2: kind of crazy. True. And that's the thing that, you know, Colin was talking about all those three day old Yankee Twitter fans who are fucking idiots. Like, that's the thing that they need to also realize is being a being a Yankee fan in the twenty first century. Even if we haven't won that many actual championships in the twenty first century, um, just the the overall consistent winning is like pretty incredible.
1: Yeah. Thanks for the book plug, by the way.
2: <laughs>
1: All right. Real quick, I'm gonna do we we got a read from our featured sponsor protagonist. Oh, do it down here. Hell yeah, in Charlotte. They got a few events coming up this weekend. Uh, The first is a David Hasselhoff birthday beach bash. (laughs) That sounds fun. Yeah, that's on Saturday, July 17th, one o'clock. There's outdoor games, beach bar, free swag. Oh, I'm probably going to go to that then. Uh, Small cakes, food truck, music by kickback. Looks like a good time. And then the following Saturday, they have the first annual cornhole tournament. And if you go to their website, it looks like there is a QR code where you can scan, sign up right there. That starts at 11 a.m. on Saturday, July 24th, and get this, $500 grand prize. So, Ooh, damn. yeah, yeah, good good money coming out at Protagonist Brewery, and nice. we're uh, we're super. Happy and excited and thankful, grateful—all those words about this partnership—and we'll have more great things to share about that in the future, and probably some beer to taste too along the way. But that was the feature read for our first podcast episode.
2: Very nice. Fuck yeah, Protagonist Brewing, love it. Yeah, once I once I practice up, I'll, I'll whip
3: out the commercial voice sometime soon in the future, and we can <laughs> I can I can talk up Protagonist Brewing up. Definitely looking looking towards uh, getting out there next time I'm down in Charlotte to see you, Colin. Uh, definitely want to, uh, you know, that the, that Ben Wyatt calzone just
2: sounds delicious. I think. Oh, I that's right. They it. had a bunch of parks. Right, I remember looking at the website. Yeah. dude. Okay, they've already endeared themselves to me with the parks yeah. references. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, great, and great place.
3: Actually, I was even before that. You guys, you guys ever seen uh, Doctor Stephen Brule?
2: Oh yeah 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 the uh, the uh, Tom, Dr. Steve
3: Brule.
1: <laughs> um so i yeah I, they've got a dr stephen Brule pizza i think i gotta try one of these days nice yeah. yeah and the pizza i kid you not so we went there a couple of weeks ago and it was like the size of a like an actual plate like the entire pizza yes. covered the plate one slice one slice i was like you do it give it to me i got the kevin McAllister, the the plain
2: cheese pizza but <laughs> plain cheese pizza what the fuck's wrong with you i Dude, there are a lot too much of people. Spent over the years. Jesus, she Christ. doesn't even eat cheese. Come on. Wait, she didn't have any cheese at all, didn't she? Put cheese no. on her nachos and shit.
1: Well, yeah, but that's different cheese. That's cheddar. She doesn't like mozzarella. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, yeah, she's a, she's. A I saddo. always get we double cheese. Yeah, it's amazing.
3: Oh, man, I mean that—that's one thing we did miss out when on all our our gallivanting trips to New York City is we never got like true street corner made five feet from the sewer gutter rat infested new york style <laughs> big as your face pizza um, i'll tell you i mean there's a couple other times i've been to new york city it, it hits the spot and it's literally as big as your face which yeah uh, for me it's about average size slice you know it'll fill me up maybe so you know well
1: when when the yankees <laughs> make the world series we're going back like yeah. we we have to go as as a crew like Especially knowing know. that it's it's been eleven years now since the last one, so who knows when the next one's coming. We
2: we gotta go yeah, to at least really. one game. Yeah, we do. I would I would shout out big money. Yeah. We gotta we gotta see them in the World Series once in our lives.
3: Yeah. So the of we Yankees events though and kinda of one time deals. Have you guys heard anything about the uh, the Field of Dreams game yet? I mean they started oh, I forgot all about that. They started pumping up the ads during the All Star game for it, but I still haven't heard anything about tickets, which I don't think I've got a shot. But you better know that if I do get through, uh and I can secure three of those eight thousand seats, we're going. Yep. I'm available
2: that weekend. It's in it's in Iowa, right? Like it's it's in Iowa. Where, yeah.
1: yeah. Thursday I'm... the eleventh or something like that. I don't know. Oh, it's during the week? I thought it was on weekend.
3: No, it's Thursday and they've got an off day on Friday just in case it's rained out. Okay. Thursday the twelfth, excuse me. So Yeah, smart Friday the thirteenth could be the makeup day for
1: Ooh, uh,
3: scary. of
1: Iowa. Um, might see the ghost of shoeless joe jackson
2: Oh,
0: Mm. that
3: movie was that movie was on haven't checked it out same to all the listeners definitely go on and look at the website and look at the setup Uh, i mean to to actually get to the field they plan on having you walk through the cornfield through the outfield of the existing field of dreams field you will walk through the corn Mm. to get to the new stadium and the outfield fence, aside from the batter's eye, I believe is going to be clear, or at least have some sort of see-through component, so it looks like the outfields are actually standing out in a cornfield. Sweet. Um, now, when they get all the safety equipment up in there and the padding and all that, I don't, I don't know how actually authentic it's going to look like you're in a cornfield, but um, it sounds like they're trying to make a pretty cool effect there. Um, so that, I mean, it, it does sound special. Um, That's cool. Can't All they just they set up like a...
1: Uh, if we were in contention in the division this year? But <laughs> maybe by they, then we will be. Yeah, by August 12th. Come on, go on a eh. run. I mean, that if they didn't lose, year. if they didn't lose on Sunday, they, yeah, you know, they they would have had a great road trip. But instead, they just had a good one, and we'll move on from it. But moving on to talk about Shohei Atani, mm. who I definitely want to talk about. I. I get the Ruth comparisons and I'm not that type of person. Who's like, well, Ruth didn't really you know, pitch when he started hitting and everything. But I, I just think Otani is so fun. And again, I get annoyed with Yankee fans who are like, yeah, Cashman couldn't get him. I'm like, dude, he said he wasn't coming
2: to New York. He wanted to be on the West coast. We found out about that after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, those three day old
1: Yankee fans, you're wrong go back to Twitter scream into the, to the Twitter verse. Yeah. But I just like when he was in the home run derby. Yeah. Every time he would miss a ball, his head would snap back. He was laughing. He's like having a good time. And then, you know, yesterday I saw him pitch in the all-star game. And then I watched that start when, when they crushed him. that was, that was the the Billy Martin when my dad uh, sent me the text when we scored like seven runs off Otani and then lost the game uh, late, late on with, with Chappie pitching, I think. And, um, I don't know. I just, I, I love Trout, obviously. Um, you know, I love Aaron Judge. I love like the traditional baseball players, but I'm really excited to see like if Otani really will start this like new wave of two-way players that are legitimate. And I know like the one caveat I'll throw into this, and then I'll let you guys talk is like everyone is going crazy. And rightfully so, because he's having an incredible year. But please, let's not forget the fact that he's barely played his first two seasons in baseball, because he in Major League Baseball because he was injured. And so, yeah. like again, those three-day-old Yankee fans who are like e- Giancarlo, Giancarlo Stanton always gets hurt, and I'm like, I-, I think they've probably played a similar amount of games at this point. I think Stanton's probably played more uh, since since he came over to New York. So. I don't know. I just I think it would be really cool to see two way players, maybe not necessarily pitchers and and hitters. But I I don't I don't know. Um, You know, do you do you guys get like the same good feelings about all that that I do, I guess? Ethan, nothing. Uh, Okay. Uh, no, I was going to let you go
3: first. I I want to. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'll say a pet peeve of mine is is the comparisons to Babe Ruth, because I don't think he's nothing like it. He's, he's something completely different and we got to stop, uh, you know, putting him up against a, an old white guy. Um, well, well, you know.
1: well, can I just say one thing really quick? Given how different the game was and just letting Ruth be Ruth in his time period, I'm pretty sure Ruth could have done it if he was given, you know, the same kind of rope that Otani yeah. is, but the Yankees and even the Red Sox toward the end of his career in Boston, they didn't want him to pitch anymore. So, if they had said, "Okay, we want you to pitch," I think he could have done it. So, I, I don't want it to like totally discount Ruth and say that he couldn't have done it. Um, but obviously, he didn't do it to the extent that Otani's done it so far this season.
3: I'll, I'll say Otani. He, he gives me, it. It gives me joy to watch him. Um, I really, really just like seeing his his energy. His they kept saying his aura throughout all-star weekend, his aura, but um, I mean, he, you know, just the, the smile on his face, the, uh, you know, the, the effortless um, interactions with the media, both, uh, are, you know, a very, very engaged Japanese media market plus the United States market. I mean, I'd say 50% of all the home run derby and all-star game advertising material was focused around Otani. Um, so for him to be just. Step in that role seamlessly um, is very impressive. I mean, heck, even every every other person they interviewed, they, when they're interviewing Tatis, they're saying, "Well, how does it feel to share the field with Shohei Otani?" Like, <laughs> I mean, everybody, everything was involved revolving around him. And to see his reaction, he, I mean, he's not asking for this, but to see him embrace this was was um, was really nice to see. Um, I, I will say one one other thing, one one quick hot take. Uh, I, I want to say fuck Stephen A. Smith um, because I, I really, really um, was, was bothered by those comments. I hope there's some sort of repercussions. What I don't he care that I didn't he hear anything has about the interpreter for his his comments. It didn't diminish from the interview he did later in the in the game. Um, and, and for him, for Stephen A. Smith to specifically call that out, out against Otani, um, when you've got a number of other stars like Ronald Acuna who have English as their second language as well, it's just to me
2: a little bit xenophobic i just think that's racist or uh, discriminatory i I think it's it's a shame wait what Uh, happened was he he bitching about how otani has a has an interpreter
3: he said it was hard to see him otani as the face of baseball right now when everything he has to say has to be filtered through an interpreter ah and i just i I think that's i he he, yeah okay he's paid to be outrageous he's crazy opinions but um i i just that really did not sit well with me um you know, whether whether it's Otani or a uh, a star, one of the budding stars in the league, that's a primary primary Spanish speaker um, that that just that bothered me quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I didn't even know about this, but I would say that, yeah, Stephen A, he gets he gets paid to say inflammatory things. So like that's totally in line. And, and I, I, I disagree, but I can see why he would say that. And, and that's kind of expected from him. Um, I will say quickly that uh, we, we were talking. Colin had mentioned the, the the comp of like injuries, right? With with Shohei and Giancarlo. So Shohei um, made his debut in 2018. Between 2018 and 2021, Otani played 338 games, and Stanton played 268. So a decent difference there. Not huge, but decent. I just figured I'd throw that out there because I was curious once we were talking about it. Um, but in terms of uh, in terms of Shohei, just like my basic reactions. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's fucking amazing and it's so wonderful for baseball. And the thing with like the Babe Ruth comps is I totally understand it because there's literally nobody else in baseball history that you can do it with. And he's, he's the only one. So I understand that, but at the same time, we should let that go because as Matt sort of, um, briefly kind of was, was alluding to, Baseball was just so, so, so different back then. I mean, we're talking about only white guys. We're talking about no flying. I mean, you were only playing on like the eastern half of the country and you were taking trains. There weren't night games for a lot of his career. The game was just so different. The athletes were, were nothing close to what they are now. I mean, a mediocre pitcher nowadays would probably be able to dominate Babe Ruth. A lot of traditional fans would get really upset at hearing that, but like, it's the fucking truth. The athletes today, it's a different world compared to like the 1920s and 30s. So I feel like, you know, the Babe Ruth comp can be fun a little bit, but also let it go. The game is so different. What Shohei is doing is fucking miraculous. The fact that the playing level, the overall skill level of these people is the highest it's ever been. And the fact that he is like top tier as a hitter and a pitcher, when it's so, it's so unbelievably difficult to be top tier at either of those, let alone both. I mean, it's, it's, it truly boggles the mind what he's doing. Um, and, and like what Matt was saying, he is super fun to watch. I mean, I see the highlights, you know, like the MLB Instagram will like post highlights of him all the time. His home runs are just beautiful to watch. I mean, his swing is beautiful. He hits these fucking, these, these bombs, these moonshots, kind of like judge and Stanton, but he's not as big as them. Um, but they're really, really impressive homers. Um, he's, he's still pretty big, but right? yeah, he, he, he is big. He is big. <laughs> um actually i'm i now now i'm thinking about cuz he is tall what is he he's probably like 64 65 64 yeah. six, 210 so he's he's tall but he's not as jacked three, as 3, as three 4 inches yeah. yeah um but in any case what a joy i mean what a joy to have in baseball and my biggest hope is that he stays healthy because yeah. that has been the thing like with Trouty. he was healthy for those first like 7 years but now in the last whatever it's been 3 4 years he's gotten he's had a couple bad injuries and we're we're being deprived of of this guy who might be the greatest player of all time and that just sucks that's just sad as a baseball fan so i'm hoping i'm hoping otani stays healthy that's my biggest thing don't don't forget though that trout still has in in his his career so far is still better than a lot of hall of famers oh my god yeah no don't get me Uh, wrong his first 10 years of his career are like the best ever or whatever however many wait how many full seasons one two three four five six okay so actually he's really only got like seven full seasons. 20, 2017 was, was hundred and fourteen games, which to me doesn't quite count as full because he was hurt. So seven full seasons and he's and he's done what he's done. Oh my god. Well we we can do we can talk about trout another time because if we start talking about trout that'll take way too long. Yeah, that's actually, a whole other three part episode. That's yeah. a whole other thing. We should we should we should talk about Trout. Actually I think the pause cast, uh, um I was talking about Joe Paz and Mike Sure earlier, obviously, and you guys know that I worship them they actually before trout got hurt I think they even introduced like a mike trout appreciation segment yeah which which yeah which i thought was just hilarious and brilliant um because of course before he got hurt this season he was even better than he's been in his whole career which is like how how do you do yeah. that um so but yeah let's we gotta I get too excited about trout we gotta save that for next time
1: yeah well what I'm uh, what excites me the most because I think this is really good for baseball to have like nothing against Willie Mays, who I think all three of us would agree is the best actual best baseball player of all time. Yeah. Uh, although Trout has, has the ability to be the best, but the aura of the babe is what carried this sport for so long. And for some people still carries it. And I think having a goat conversation between Otani and the babe for the next five, six years, will be really beneficial for baseball. Like, think about the LeBron and Michael Jordan things. And it's the same thing. Like, even though the time difference is is a lot shorter, Michael Jordan played in a completely different era of basketball than LeBron James does. Yet people all the time are having those GOAT conversations, but it's really good for the game of basketball. And I think there's just something about Otani being compared to the Babe that can elevate the game more than Mike Trout potentially overtaking Willie Mays as the best player of all time like does that make sense
2: yeah and um Matt just real quickly um GOAT is an acronym it means greatest of all time (laughs) so just just so you know (laughs) that face um no Matt you go ahead and if you have a response go first I I, that was really interesting Tom
3: uh, well, the one thing I'll say is I'm hearing you're buzzing, Ethan. So maybe you're not. Insane. You're hearing it now. Yeah. Um, but no, I, you I, it? I think Are it's weird I, I, I I'm close to the the LeBron discussion because I lived in Cleveland for ten years. Um, but um, yeah, I think this is this is great for the game. Um, even if even if Otani is a flash in the pan, and becomes an average hitter and an average pitcher for the next five years, I still think that's incredible. Uh, I, you, you talk you hear him a lot of the time last night that, um, you know, I think Joe Buck brought up three or four times that he, he devotes a lot of his time still to hitting. Um, yeah. uh, imagine if he could focus on one discipline or the other, um, what, what effect would that have in his game? If he could, if he could focus on resting for the four days in between every start and really, really, again, staying fresh and working on his mechanics and, and, and honing in on, you know, his next up upcoming opponents, um, how much better would he be there? Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's awesome to hear. It, it's also fun to watch during the all-star game the, during the home run derby. I mean, that first round, he did have to go into the swing off, but he was, he was gassed and you know, you, you hear some crazy facts, you know, they got through his interpreter. He doesn't take batting practice. He, yeah. he does cage work a little bit at a time this year and and, and avoids batting practice to keep himself fresh. So you see someone like Pete Alonso up there who's just mashing mashing taters, to borrow some uh, Jim Tomy uh, lingo.
1: Uh,
3: Alonso's up there mashing taters and then just, just super intense and ready to dominate. And Otani's up there hitting the crap out of the ball as well, but he was gassed by the end of that first round, um, and he was unfortunate to run into a uh, a Juan Soto that really kind of found his groove. Um, you know, the other kind of interesting thing from the Home Run Derby is they talked a lot about how. Uh, right-handed batters had a little bit of an advantage and unfortunately uh uh otani fell on, you know, fell victim to the, some of the left-handed curse there as well but um it was still fun to watch it was still fun to root for him it was the most invested i've been in a home run derby um you know since judge and sanchez were battling a couple of years ago but even before that it's more of an oddity to me than something i, I tune in that's a must watch and this year i, I really was enjoying it um I will say I almost did contact you guys before and ask. I was going to throw out there who's going to win and who's going to hit the longest home run. My choice was going to be Alonzo, but uh, it's easy to say that after the fact. But um, uh, you know, he 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 really he was really intense. I mean, he, even the announcers were, were talking about how uh, he was really taking things serious. He was he really wanted to repeat. You know, whereas everyone else is there joking around having fun. But it was it was a good night. But
2: who, who I was the longest Homer, what? who hit the longest one? Do we know?
3: Um, the one I'm remembering was actually Trevor story, but there's gotta have, there, there must've been one longer. Trevor story hit a 518 footer,
2: I think. Oh, um, well that's insanely long. So yeah,
3: especially since most of his homers were kind of short, but, yeah. uh, this year for, for the, um, for the bonus segment, they actually set it at 475 instead of 450. So you had to hit a 475 footer because of the atmospheric course to get your extra 30 seconds. Um, Everyone I watched, and I watched about three quarters of it. Everyone I watched achieved that, but um, you know, at first it looked like Story was going to be outclassed. But he just, he, from the right side of the, the, the plate, just started pulling everything. Um, and also, shout out to uh, shout out to Trey Mancini. Um, also, great story to see him come back and see him win his opening round by one homer as well. Um, you know, with with the, the beating cancer and coming back from that. And having him, him talk about how that was—it was his dream to to be there, and it was his dream to participate in this, and um, to see him get the opportunity, especially after the the battle with cancer he had last year—that um, was that was really in, uh, encouraging to see as well. So um, I was glad he had some success there. Um, you know, he definitely uh, he definitely proved that he wasn't just there for the sentimental sob story. He did <laughs> he did advance through to the second round and had a really good showing. So it was fun to
1: watch. Yeah
2: yeah that's awesome um yeah uh i'll just add that because what colin had said about like shohei and babe and all of that um just real quickly to bring it back to that it's i actually hadn't really thought of it that way i had thought of it as being like okay this is going to get really old really quickly but now that you kind of said that i actually think that that you're right um and i think that those constant babe comparisons will just have more people talking about him and just talking about baseball in general. And hopefully that will like drum up excitement and admiration for, for the current game. And cause you're right. It's funny that like, I mean, Babe played his last game, I think in 1935. (laughs) So it's been, uh, you know, we're literally coming up on a hundred years. We're not that far from a hundred years since he last played a game and he still hovers over baseball like like this huge almighty god you know he's like zeus he's like the god of god still after all this time and and actually oh and that reminds me i was going to say alex rodriguez obviously a polarizing figure we're all i'm an a-rod fan colin's an a-rod fan mad i don't know but um a-rod i remember reading this a, a few years ago and, and and he's not that old he's only a little older than us but he he he's like that same way he worships the babe and what he does is anytime he's learning about a new field, whether it's in business or sports or anything, he'll always ask somebody from that field, like who's the Babe Ruth of your field? Like he uses Babe Ruth as like the benchmark of who's the best, who's the best at what at, you know, what you do. Um, and I think that he's not alone in that. I think a lot of people still view Babe Ruth, uh, rightfully or not, as like the benchmark for, for baseball excellence.
3: Who's who's the Babe Ruth of Jennifer Lopez love interests? Because it's not A Rod. It is A Rod. A Rod and J Lo
2: were an amazing couple. They need to get little, back together. Little,
3: little pop culture zinger right there.
2: <laughs> I'm hip. I, love, I follow I the Instagrams. J J Rod, A Lo. I love those guys. I wish they would get back together. She's Got back it.
3: in Ben Ben Affleck's arms.
2: Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're back together. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. My God. Celebrity love lives, dude. Holy shit, fucking wild. But that is not what this podcast is about, because I would rather hang myself than have a podcast about celebrity love lives.
3: <laughs> oh, you know I'm gonna pepper in the uh, the uh, the pop culture references. I gotta, oh, the
2: occasional I gotta, one is fine. I gotta make
3: you guys cosmopolitan at least a little bit. I mean, I'm the <laughs> one that's given these given these.
2: Uh, giving these updates that's a problem because that is a problem because you're just in a fucking uh dirt dirt factory hey uh, hey uh, that 12 hours a day so bag and dirt bag and dirt (laughs) and if you know the pop culture over us that is a bad sign well hey
3: speaking of pop culture i I did want to i did Colin. if 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 you don't mind me steering the direction a little bit
1: it's all you want to ask
3: if there's anything coming up that you guys are excited about or or anything that you've seen in 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 the media that's got you excited the one thing i wanted to call out the the Foo Fighters are releasing disco covers. They're covering the Bee Gees and releasing it for Record Store Day this weekend. Oh, Anyone else pumped for Record Store Day? Just Record Store Day is awesome. Just me. No, Ethan. Okay. Good. Good. Record Store Day is amazing. Um, what else did I see that kind of blew my mind? Oh, uh, uh, one of the one of the Jenner kids is going to start their own brand at age three. I thought that was a little <laughs>
2: interesting. Um, we live we live in the bad place. This is, yeah. we live in an apocalyptic hellscape. <laughs> that's what that means
3: if I, I for, for the listeners Ethan just had like a, a visceral reaction where he just had to turn away from the camera and I don't know if that was a laugh or a convulsion but I, no, it I, a convulsion. I, yeah. I bring this up, in jest because I feel the same way but I mean yeah. more power to them make that money if yeah. you want to make that money but fucking gross. um I can I can tell you when I was three I had no idea what a brand was I was more interested in what cereal I was going to eat that day and what matchbox toys I was going to play with so um if uh, if if that's where they are, cool. But uh, uh, well, man, what else is the big pop culture thing going on right now? I know uh, concerts are starting up again. Uh, TV shows are starting up again. I'm we got Elton
1: John here. coming here to Charlotte. Elton Who is John? He's still touring, right huh? Elton John. Yeah, he's Final coming to Syracuse.
3: To he's playing the Dome.
1: The so, Dome. Elton
3: John, Ethan, and I are seeing Tramped by Turtles later this year. Um, Wait, where are you seeing TVT?
1: TV? In in DC. DC. When? In October. What?
3: What?
2: On, what do you mean It's what? on the text
1: chain. Yeah. It's out there. Is that the... No, I thought I thought there was something with the Oriole game or whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to oh, do that. Oh, it's the Ava
2: Brothers. Yeah, we're going to see the Ava Brothers. Oh, the Ava Brothers, Ava Brothers. is that in Oriole's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do that, too. Yeah, Kyle, oh, I, I I
1: you come up for that. I must have been doing dad stuff, because I have no... And, and we're, we're trying to get TBT to be our, our sponsor. sponsor for well, our, the, yeah. our intro music.
2: Well, should... Well, the well, the trample So the trample thing that happened a while ago because they announced their tour. This is probably a couple months ago now. March, um, April, yeah. Yeah, but like as soon as they announced their tour, um, me and Matt texted and and I and I bought the tickets like immediately when they were available. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely do that. Um, Eat, yeah. uh, Colin,
3: it's a Thursday night game, but if you want to come up to the Yankees Orioles with the Ava Brothers post game, I've got two spare tickets.
1: Yeah, that uh, that friend. one that one I might. Right now I'm out because that might be yeah. Danny's bachelor party, but oh that's right, yeah. My, my but,
3: friend Ben, um, which with Ben, if you're ever a listener to this podcast, I'm so pissed at you, but I'm so proud of you. Uh, he, he's moving to Madison, Wisconsin. So um,
2: oh, isn't he the one you were going to introduce me to? Who lived yeah, in yeah.
3: His his girlfriend, his longtime yeah. girlfriend, just got a job with the uh, University of Madison, Wisconsin. So
2: okay, but are they sure they want to move to Wisconsin, where like? Ron Johnson is a senator and what's his face was a governor that that piece of shit whose name I can't even remember. Scott Scott Walker. Walker,
3: Yeah, I got you. You really want to live Um, in a
2: state that voted for those people. Hey,
3: Madison is a really fucking cool. I've heard
2: Madison
1: is
3: cool. I've heard Madison's Madison's awesome. Um, It's that it's that oasis in a, in a wasteland type feel, but uh, yeah, yeah. we play, uh, we we play Wisconsin.
1: We play Wisconsin week one in Madison. I'm not thrilled about it because Penn state
2: needs to get off to a hot start this year. Oh, Penn State! Jump around. Jump, I can't believe Penn jump, State didn't come up around. until now. How long have we been going? Penn State just came up for the first time. That's kind of shocking to me. <laughs> first of many. By the way, times.
3: by the way, um, Happy Valley.
2: It's not a valley, and the stadium's oh, on top of a hill, God. and it was not all that happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like Matt is pulling a Voltaire right now because Voltaire famously said that the Holy Roman Empire is neither holy nor Roman nor an empire. So, so Matt is, Matt is being a, a Voltaire about Happy Valley, which he's, he's correct. I'm, I I'm, mean, I'm fine with that. If you want to keep in comparing me to Voltaire's, what,
1: Enlightenment era yeah. philosophers, Uh uh-huh. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy <laughs> to be that guy.
2: Sure. Of course. Of course. A couple steps away from being the next Zeus, the next Babe Ruth. Right. Exactly. Yeah. God of gods. Thank you. Thank you. Let me just say, I'll say really quickly because I actually do care about this. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this now about this whole like stuff that's coming up in life and pop culture and whatnot. And, and Matt briefly mentioned this about concerts coming back. Now, obviously anybody who knows me knows that I'm a professional musician and teacher and music dominates my life. It has forever, like music is always going on in my head. I'm always listening. I'm always playing, whatever, it's going on constantly. COVID, of course, has been extraordinarily difficult for musicians all over the world. I'm fortunate enough that I was able to keep teaching throughout it. But for those people who rely purely on live performances, they were kind of fucked. And of course, if you live in America, a country that you know doesn't give a shit about its citizens, you're you you're doubly fucked. So we all I want to half say our, half our listeners right there. Oh, I don't give a shit. You want to, you want to, talk, <laughs> just, you want to talk about America? I'll go on a fucking America. No, no, man.
3: keep I'll going, go... keep going, keep going, keep going.
2: All right. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost getting I'm getting fired up. Um, okay, but no, I'll stick to music because this is more positive. Um, all I'll say is that. Yes, live concerts are coming back. And I just want people to sort of consider the fact, consider this, okay? When we talk about just basic society in America, right? And we talk about schools and we talk about education and what our kids are learning. The first thing, whenever like whenever a public school has to cut its budget, the first stuff that goes is, is music and art and maybe PE. Obviously things that are all dear to our hearts. And I would say that even above PE, I would say that music and art are valued less by the general public in in that context. But when it comes to actual life, every person that I've ever met, like relies completely on art in their life, okay? Whether it's music, whether it's TV shows, whether it's movies, books, poetry, any of that, this is all art, this is all reliant on creators who need to be paid for their work, right? And people love to talk about like, oh, you know, math and science are the most important or like eh, music, art, who cares? Or those kids, they're getting paid way too much for, they're just having fun. They're just playing their instrument, blah, 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 blah. Number one, shut the fuck up. You're an idiot. Number two, recognize the fact that like every single human being relies, depends on art for happiness. And so all of this to say that the fact that all of this stuff is coming back in our lives, take advantage of it, do it, pay people pay for their art. Don't just don't just stream on Spotify where where these artists are getting like 0. 0.0001 cents per stream. Buy their fucking merch, buy their buy hard copies of their albums, go to concerts, support support artists. Um because without without art of any of those kinds, like what the fuck are you doing? What do you even care? About? Who cares? Like go jump off a cliff if you don't have any of that. So well, well, well. And the Phil, so Ethan's not the only professional musician in his family. He's got a
3: a younger brother who's a, a frontman for a, a a group called Voices in Vain. That I'll I'll give a plug to. too, guys, nice. check yeah, him yeah. out if you can. How come he's not a, a
1: podcast sponsor?
3: And yeah, but we'll give him a plug. I don't you think know, Voices is big enough there. yet to be. Uh, and a again, sponsor. same thing. Like he's a touring musician. Um, you know he he's got he's got side hustles when he's home, but he's a touring musician. Um, and uh, it, you, you just you just removed. Essentially, twenty-four months of um, exposure and recording and touring and income from that group, um, just like everyone else, just like every performer out there, and it's difficult. I know, uh, you know, a couple of my favorite groups and acts tried tried creative ways to stream stream performances or uh, provide bonus content for extra money. And, and you know, I, I did what I could and threw the money I could at them, and enjoyed myself. And was really happy to do so. Um, we'll talk about electric six, one of these other podcasts, but, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it, it, Ethan's right. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to point at music and arts and say that's the first thing to go. Um, I think it's, it's, it's vastly undervalued and vastly, um, more important to people than, than I think it's given credit for. And, um, I don't want to, I don't want to envision a world, a society without that component to it. Um, whether in in, whether it's performances or whether it's music or whether it's art artwork, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's someone painting murals downtown, uh, those kind of things. I mean, it's important. Um, And, you know, it's on
2: us to do whatever we can to support it. Yep. Also Rick and Morty is on season five. That's another cool thing. Oh crap. I got to watch this weekend's episode. (laughs) Yeah. So do I. I haven't watched it yet. So, um, but that's another, that's, that's one good thing in pop culture that I give a shit about is Rick and Morty.
3: <laughs> now, Colin, I will say speaking of pop culture, for a second I was going, why is Colin wearing a Philadelphia Eagles shirt? Uh, <laughs> and then I realized, oh, it's gold. Oh, it's, it's the Eagles Eagles. Uh Wait, band.
1: I'll show you, I'll show you the, the back too. See it? 15? Uh, uh, 10. Uh, kind of? 19. 19 and looks, looks like the scribbles. What's it, yeah, what are the scribbles? Signatures maybe? I'll, t- I'll take a pic and show people later. It's the Las Vegas. Um, part of their tour from 2019, little football jersey. They toured. Oh, it's a jersey. Ah, okay,
2: that's why it looks like that. Yeah. Was was uh, was Fry still alive? Nah, Fry's been dead it, since 2016. That's what I thought. So they they just toured without him.
1: Yeah, they oh, had his they, kid. They, like no, the they son, toured with yeah, Fry son. Jr. Yeah, that's right. Deacon.
2: That's right. Yeah. Don't don't get me started about that. But <laughs> you save that for your Eagles podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have a podcast for everything. You got. You got to have a Penn State podcast uh, I'm, eventually. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm working toward it. I was gonna say. Now that I say that, I'm like surprised actually that that hasn't happened. I hadn't thought of it until right now. But yeah. It, one more Happy Valley critique.
3: It got really <laughs> old. The number of places that are like, we are a donut bakery. Like, okay, <laughs> like I get it. You say that at your stadium, but come on, we are a sunglasses hut. Like hooray stop it
2: like i so i was, that's really funny so i'll say i just had a similar experience so last week i was on a little mini vacation i went up to maine and up in maine it's not we are but anywhere you go in maine you're gonna see like big signs about like the freshest lobster and the best lobster rolls it's ubiquitous everywhere you go you're gonna see something about about that and and that's what that made me think of. I mean,
3: it, it's not exclusive to Penn State. Uh, you know, all those crazy Ohio State, Ohio State nuts I I've lived with for ten years. Um, you know, when I'm I'm walking through downtown Amsterdam with friends, and and you hear just them start yelling, "Oh, H, I, owe. like, no, stop it, like, <laughs> like. The Dutch don't care about that. Stop it. Um, so I made it my mission anytime anyone yelled OH, I would just yell no. Like, oh no. Oh, I like um, that. That's good. So
2: uh, I mean tone tone it down just a little bit. Just a little bit. Matt is such a Debbie Downer, my God. Huge Debbie
1: Downer. But uh, I think yeah. I think this was good, guys. Like I think this was a good first
2: episode, right? Like I think we're the greatest podcasters of all time. I think there's no doubt. Yeah, we are. We are we two are. jocks in <laughs> a slub. This was our first was episode.
3: Awful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That hurts, Colin. But I, 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 if that I was, set that up to you on a am glad I did. That was well done. Yeah, no, yeah. that was well done. All right. No, this was fun. Uh, we'll, we'll, I, I we've got some refining to do. I've got, I've got some, uh. I gotta, I gotta hash out that beer segment and hash out that pop culture segment just to uh, fuck refining me, dude.
2: a little bit more, but you know. <laughs> oh well, yeah, well, that won't be hard.
3: I mean, just for the listeners, you missed already like five or six good times where Ethan put his finger up to the camera and was <laughs> Wait, wagging his I? finger today.
2: Oh, okay, I didn't even uh, realize his
3: his conspicuously long pointer finger. He would put up and start <laughs> wagging at the at the screen so. Uh, well, the more times he does that, the more successful I think Kyle and I are being. So. Yes,
1: and <laughs> luckily, if you've listened this far, you can just hop onto YouTube and see the video and look at Ethan's fingers. He's wagging them right watch, now. You can watch how far back I can bend them.
3: Oh yeah,
2: do the thumb thing. Do the thumb thing. Oh, and I can do that. Look at <laughs> from that angle. See how far back my fingers go. Isn't that amazing? I'm very gifted. You're very something. I want.